You guys look great. Thank you so much for being here. If you'd make your way to your seat, only give two high fives or one back rub. Either way, you know, love people around you. Well, uh, Pastor John and Miss Gwen are not here uh, today. They are on vacation. They are preparing their minds uh, for another good season with us. Tell a joke, yeah. You got to start telling a joke whenever the music doesn't stop. But the funny thing is, is I'm supposed to be in charge. So <laughs> I, you never make a joke about yourself then. So, because then people agree. But, no. Well, it's great to see you guys today. It's a, it's a wonderful day. Sunday morning, you know. <laughs> it's a great day, morning, Sunday morning. And so... We love you guys. We uh, are so honored uh, this morning to welcome uh, my grandfather my and my grandmother is here as well, uh, Fred and Gloria Owens. If you guys would uh, stand up just so that they know exactly where you're at. We love you all. So they're awesome. I don't know where I would be in my life without them. I probably wouldn't exist, but, you know, it's, it's good to have them. Uh, he's going to come, and it's going to be a great day in uh, the word that he gives us today. Uh, Papa, would you come? Thank you, grandson. Love you. Oh, it's so good to be here. And uh, I've been looking forward to this. And uh, so uh, just just appreciate the opportunity to come and and see some of you again that we have gotten familiar at least with your face if we haven't got your name but uh, it's so good to have you with us today boy wasn't that good singing that's good singing I'll tell you that that touched my heart and uh, it's just it's wonderful to be here and I appreciate John and Gwen for asking us to come and uh, be here and they didn't have to beg us to come either we were looking forward to seeing the grandkids, the great grandkids, and all, yeah, their wives, and, and of course, Brooke, she's been babysitting us, you know, and so it's been, it's been quite, a, uh, quite an experience, and we have certainly enjoyed it so very much. Last night, we had uh, a time to just sit around the table with our family and our grandkids and their wives and and hug around on the babies and all of that, and it's just been wonderful. It's something that really touches your heart when you think about it, you know. You look at your uh, grandkids and you see them now young adults and married, having their own family. That's the way God intended for it to happen, right? That's the way God intended for it to happen. And uh, so it's it's so good to be here. It's good to have my wife with me, too. Uh, She's... uh, been traveling with me for quite a while, and I appreciate that. Matter of fact, I probably don't go often enough. She's she's one of those guys that, uh, one of those gals that should have been a truck driver. She, <laughs> she loves to go, loves to go. I know her, uh, Gwen said to me one day, in the absence of her mother, she said to me, she said, now dad, uh, when you uh, step down from pastoring, I'm not stepping down from the ministry, but I just stepped down from pastoring. And uh, she said, uh, when you do that, just take mama for a ride once in a while, and that'll help her. 
And uh, so we, we've been going quite a bit, and she's ready to go anytime. And uh, so it's, it's been a wonderful trip, and we have enjoyed um, shifting gears in our ministry. Uh, I'm still Pastor Emeritus at the church that I pastored for 29 years. And uh, uh, so what that really means, I'm the flunky. And uh, so, but it's, it's, it has been a wonderful trip. And the ministry has been wonderful. There's been uh, some fantastic things that have happened in our ministry throughout the years, and, and that's exciting. Something to look back on. You know, when you get down the road, sort of a, a ways down the road, life becomes a lot of memories, doesn't it? And uh, I, I really talked to myself this morning. I said, you know, I've been in the ministry all these years, and you're going to have to cool it and make sure that you watch the clock. Uh, Y'all don't have one back there that I can see, so I'm going to try my very best to stay within the time slot that Luke has allotted me. And uh, so it is now, according to my timepiece, about 25 after 11. Let's go to the book of, let's go to the book of of 2 Corinthians, and I want to read some verses to you real quick, and we're going to get right into the message. I know you're praying for your pastors, that they'll be safe, and they won't run in. Wouldn't it be terrible for them to be quarantined on the ship? Wow, that would be horrible. That would be horrible. But it does happen sometimes. Today, I want to talk to you on a subject that I really believe. Because I I have experienced it. Every one of us in this building, whether we would admit it or not, we have had, in our life, we have had to destroy or demolish some strongholds. How many realize that strongholds in our life are are very real? You know, and, and when you think about how strongholds affect your life, and how that the enemy uses those strongholds to get to you and keep you from being your very best. Because if we don't demolish and destroy, destroy the strongholds, they are going to help, they are going to hold us captive, and we're not going to be productive believers. And all of us in God's family wants to be a strong believer, and we want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. You know, when you think about it, we only have one life to live, and that ought to be dedicated to God and doing our very best. Oftentimes, I have to remind myself, I'm not doing what they're doing, but I'm doing what I am anointed and blessed to do. And so I continue to do that along life's way. So let's go to uh, the book of uh, 2 Corinthians and uh, chapter 10, and let's read beginning at verse 3. And here's what Paul said. Now, a couple of verses ahead, uh, the Corinthian church, you know, when I read about it, the two books of of Corinth, when I read those, it makes me see that the Corinthian church must have been hard to pastor. From some of the things that Paul said, they must have been difficult. Because here in those two first two verses, and I won't take time to read that, you can do that. They were talking to Paul about 
Paul, you have been operating in the flesh. They, have, they said, you have been operating and functioning in the flesh. You know what? Paul admitted that he was still flesh. You know, just because a person becomes a Christian does not mean that you are not going to have some struggles with the old man or the flesh. We are going to have that. And it's, going to, it's a part of it. The reason for that is, is because the devil is well and he's alive. And he's still doing exactly what he set out to do. And that was to destroy the people of God and to rob them of their effectiveness and their productivity as well. So let's look at verse 3, shall we? For though we walk in the flesh, Paul said, that was his response to them. He said, though, for though we uh, walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought, to the obedience of Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you have allowed us another day to serve you and to honor you and to worship you like we did in the beautiful courses that were sung today. And Lord, our hearts have been lifted up. Our spirit has been strengthened and our vision has been lengthened. And Lord, we pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit shall rest upon us as we share the message with your people today in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. amen. How many in this building believes that you have been given the possibility of destroying the strongholds in your life? I dare say in this building today that you have faced some strongholds this past week. They have been, it may have been a rerun or it may have been something that is totally new that has come into your life. But that stronghold has come and trying to set up camp in your life. And you have decided, I'm not going to allow that to happen in my life. How many knows the devil knows how to trick you if you're not careful? If you don't really keep your mind centered on what God's all about, he will certainly pull one on you that sometimes you're not aware of it until it's all over and all taken care of. But God has given you and I power to demolish the strongholds in our life. And let me tell you something about strongholds. Strongholds are any argument or any pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, against the knowledge that you have accumulated in your walk with God. Now, all of us in this building are not even when it comes to spiritual things. Because the years that we have served God, they are important in one way, but in another way, they are not that important. 
It's what you do with what God has given you that makes you a cut above another person. It's not something that you brag about. It's not something that you tell people about and that sort of thing. But in your mind, you know that through your study, your prayer life, your dedication to the things of God, you have matured, you have grown, you have become a spiritual giant in your journey with God. And, and you're excited about that. And rightfully so. All of us should. Because we have learned how to bring back into captivity those thoughts that are actually opposed to him, to the obedience of Christ. And let me tell you, that's not an easy job. It's not an easy job. I'm not telling you that controlling your thoughts is going to be easy. And anybody that tells you that you can keep thoughts from running through your mind, they don't know what they're talking about. But we do know what we're talking about in the sense that we don't have to entertain that thought. A thought may come, but we don't have to act upon it. We don't have to allow it to control us in our life. And so to me, it's important that we understand that God's given us that authority to control the mind and not always be obedient to every thought that comes into our mind. I'm talking about bad things that enter into our mind. So the stronghold is anything that exalts itself uh, in our mind. In other words, it's a pretense. It's, 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 it's bigger or more powerful, this pretense is telling us, that it's more powerful than God. Most of us in this building probably has had it more than once that the devil said, this problem is bigger than God. It's bigger than God in your life. We know better than that. We know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We know that. And so we need to act upon that and we need to remind the devil of that. Sometimes he forgets things. And so we need to remind him that the person that dwells in me is still greater than any other power. And I can face every situation because of the power that is within me. There's other versions that when it talks about pretense and things like that, they use other terminology like, for instance, speculation. Here in the text that I read you this morning is talking about imaginations. And listen, our imagination can really do a job on us. We need to watch how we think. We need to watch how we think. Because it can, uh, uh, we can, we, our imagination can carry us into the far country in a lot of ways. If a person is not really thinking about what's going on in their thought life. So these imaginations sometimes, they want to exalt themselves above the mind of God and sometimes even making us feel like that we have been overcome by his power instead of being controlled by God's power. So we need to be in control. We need to understand that we are the master of some things. God has not put us here to be weaklings. God has put us here to be spiritual giants. He wants us to rise above the cloud. He wants us to be like the eagle, thank God, that knows how to get into the higher atmosphere of our life. You say, Pastor, I just don't know whether I can do that or not. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. 
you are cheating and robbing yourself of what rightfully is yours in this life. Life is hard enough. Life is hard enough as it is. But when we think I can't do it or God can't handle this problem or I can't handle this problem, then we are in serious situation at that point and time in our life. Our mind is a powerful thing. Our mind is a powerful thing. And it can do strange things in our life if we think in the wrong pattern. But if we think in the realm of the supernatural, that our God is not natural, that God is supernatural. You and I are always going to be in the flesh. You're always going to be battling the flesh because it does not want to obey God. It does not want to bend to the will of God. It just doesn't want to do that. I'm flesh and blood. I don't care how sanctified I am. I don't care about how much, how long I've been serving God. The flesh is a part of, I think it gets better as we serve God, of course. But I don't think we're ever going to be free from it until this fleshly body is changed in his glorious body. That's when it's going to be over. That's when it's going to be all right. And, I, I'm, and I'm looking forward to that day, by the way, when we go to be with the, the Lord. And I'm talking about the body of Christ. The church is raptured and so forth and so on. And so it's wonderful to know that we can bring everything into the obedience of Christ. Our mind is the control center of, the, uh, of our entire being. Our mind is the control center of our entire entire being. The enemy knows that there is nothing more powerful than God. He knows that. And that's why everything that exalts itself in our thought life is a pretense. It is a pretense. And, and, and as I said, other versions use other terms. But Satan wants to make you and I believe that we don't have the power and the authority that we need and want and can have. He doesn't want us to know that. Jesus did not leave us in this world a bunch of weaklings at the mercy of the devil or of the flesh. He gave us power over that. He gave us authority over that. The Bible says this in Colossians 2 and verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Why did he do that? So that you and I would have power. He said when the Holy Spirit comes and fills your life, you are going to be a powerhouse. You are going to be an individual that can walk by faith and you can claim God's word and put it in action in your own heart. But Satan wants you and I to believe that we're weak. He wants us to believe that we, uh, that, uh, that we can't do what God really wants us to do. And so it's wonderful. And, and you know, the devil has been 
at this for many years now, about 6,000 years. He's been at this uh, defeating and trying to override God's plan in the life of his people. But I want you to know it can't be done because you are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. You say, Pastor, I don't know, preacher, I don't know whether I can conquer this or not. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Don't ever doubt that. Because the devil will build that in your mind. That everybody else can do it, but I can't do it. Everybody else can succeed and be victorious, but I can't. Yes, you can. Because you are a child of God. And when you are a child of God, that sets you in a realm that is different than this world system. We don't function according to this world system. We function uh, in the realm of the supernatural. Your new birth is a miracle. Is a miracle. You know, when we talk about miracles, it's important. I think it's kind of interesting to, to know that uh, miracles are still available to us. They're still working. People are still receiving miracles every day. And so we, got, we must keep on telling ourselves that nothing is, is bigger than God's power in our life. Nothing can overcome the word of God in our life. Nothing. If I would say anything to God's people today, it's this. Get into the book. Get into the Bible. Let it speak to your life. It will never fail you. It will encourage you when you are the lowest. It really will. It will encourage you when you are the lowest. I have been doing some preparation in my mind. Hadn't put anything down. But I've been reading, and I have read it several times, and that's the book of Psalms, and that's Psalm 73. And uh, if you read that someday, you might want to read it before the day's over. But in that 73rd Psalm, Asaph, one of the guys that were leading the choir in the temple, had wrote many of the Psalms in the Bible. I don't know how many, but several in the Bible I just got through reading the book, uh, uh, off and on, the book of uh, Psalms. And I've noticed how many of those Psalms he wrote. But you know, he experienced a low point in his life. He got so low that he said, you know, when I got to thinking about all of those people that was doing better than me, they were prospering, they were, they were mocking God, they were saying all kinds of bad things about God. And he said they were prospering. They didn't seem to have, and I'm paraphrasing all of this, it doesn't seem like they have a care in the world. And I got my eyes on those people and got my eyes off of God. And he said, you know, it got so bad that I almost slipped. It got so bad that I almost slipped. But he said, you know what? It dawned on me one of the day, one day, you know, God's been good to me. And the Bible said that he went into the sanctuary. He went into the sanctuary. And he said, when I went into the sanctuary, he said, I saw life differently. I was having a, a, a real struggle there for a while. But when I went into the sanctuary, now this place is a sanctuary. 
Right? This is a sanctuary. But let me tell you something else. There's another sanctuary. That sanctuary is when you get along with God and you're just talking to Him. You're not trying to impress anybody by the words that you're saying because it's just you and God. That's called a sanctuary. And we need that sanctuary. Calling ourselves away from the cares of this life and saying, I am going to spend some time in my sanctuary. Private prayer is so important. Public prayer is great. But private prayer, those are the things that I treasure more than probably anything else. I love to come together with God's people. And I love prayer meetings and things like that. But I have to have a little time, some time, to get alone with God and talk to Him about me. See, I can talk, and you can too, talk to God about you. Which is very important. Because you need to let God know what you're feeling, not only what you're saying, but what you're feeling as well. And so it's important for us to keep telling ourselves that nothing is more bigger and powerful than God. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know that we are there? So what are our weapons that we have today? What are those weapons that we have? Well, let me tell you this. They are not weapons of this world. They are not weapons of this world. They are divine power. They are associated with the knowledge of God. The Bible says that my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. It's not they're talking about natural school knowledge, college knowledge, university knowledge. It's not talking about that. He's talking about the knowledge of God. A good, well-rounded knowledge of God's Word will do great things for you. Paul listed in Romans 6, he listed the whole armor of God. One of the pieces of the armor, uh, only one of them is an offensive weapon, something that you fight with, and that's the sword. The Bible said, it talks about the sword there, taking the sword of the Spirit. The belt, the breastplate, the shield, the shoes, the helmet, and so forth and so on. Those are weapons that he wants you and I to use, but or that we, that we will have on this spiritual man, taking on the whole arm of God. And then, of course, the sword of the Spirit he mentioned there. And, and it clearly identifies that as the Word of God. And we need to know how to use that sword. We need to know how to use the Word of God against the enemy. Have you ever wondered why you and I, as believers, that God left us in the midst of all of the turmoil, the struggle, and all the things that we are experiencing and seeing in a world today. He wanted you and I to be able to overcome and be victorious in our life. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not carnal. Those weapons are given to us so that you and I will be able to overcome the enemy. The Bible said in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 18, it said, praying in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, 
he went on to say, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the saints. These are the words that are spoken about our warfare. Be alert. Always keep on praying. Always keep on believing God. We win battles on our knees. And if, if we ever pray today, child of God, for our nation, it's now. You know this to be a fact that we need to pray for our leaders as never before. We live in a different world than we lived in 25 years ago. We live in a different world. People have changed. Nation, our nation has changed. And everything that's happened has made that change as well. And so it's important for us to understand that we have weapons and they are divine. They are supernatural. They are they are. Uh, the, the weapons that he has given us are weapons that we need every day. It's not just firepower that we need. We need supernatural power. We need supernatural power. In this 10th uh, uh, chapter of the Second Corinthians, the devil wants to establish some strongholds in your life and my life, but you and I should never allow that. Let's demolish those strongholds that he is trying to build in our life. And let's understand that he has already de been defeated. Jesus is the only one that could defeat the devil for us. And that's why he came. One of the reasons that he came is to defeat him. Strongholds are broken one way only, and that's the Bible way. That is the scripture way, and they are demolished, and I thank God for that. What makes the word of God so powerful to us and becomes a weapon in our hands? What makes that? Because Jesus is the living word, and he wants us to understand that the Bible is the written word. It was written about him, and he wants us to know that. Paul said, I beseech thee, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable uh, to God, unto God, which is your reasonable service. Aren't you glad that God has given you power to overcome every stronghold? I'm going to take just a few moments to pray with you today. If you're facing a stronghold and you say, Preacher, I really have to admit that this one has really affected me in a lot of ways. And Preacher, I just want you, as you pray, and as we pray, I want you to remember me in prayer. God knows who you are, and God knows what you are, you're struggling with. He knows that. And God wants to do something powerful and special in your life. Do you believe that? Would you stand with me today? Would you stand with me? I'm going to bring Luke back here in just a moment, but I want to just take a few moments to pray with you today because I feel like they're in this building that you've been struggling with some things, a stronghold in your life. It's not something bad necessarily, but it's just something that's just been a real hassle in your life. Listen, Jesus wants to break that and demolish that stronghold in your life. Father, I just agree with the people right now. That person or persons that is here today, I agree with them that this is not what God wants for their life. And Lord, they know that. But they just need somebody 
to agree with him in prayer. And you said if any two shall agree about anything, you said I will do it. And Father, we agree together right now in behalf of those that strongholds are trying to be built in their life. They are resisting that. They are binding that. Because Lord, you did say in your word that whatsoever I bind upon this earth will be bound in heaven. And Father, that's the authority that you've given the church. And Lord, we come against that thing. You know exactly what's going on in that individual's life. And Lord, we, we come against it in your name and in your authority. Not mine, but yours. Because you're God and you know exactly how to take care of that thing. And Father, I believe you're doing it right now in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands and just worship him. Father, I just want to thank you today because you have been so real in this service. From the very beginning, Lord, you have been real in this service. And Father, we just open our hearts to you today. And we just rejoice in you because we still believe that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we take dominion in Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Boy, <laughs> breaking strongholds. That is good. Thank you so much for your dedication to the scripture this week and getting that for us. Uh, well, we uh, now that you're standing, I'll, I'll go ahead and dismiss you, God, right now. I pray over everyone here. I pray that they have a wonderful week. I pray that everything that they deal with, that you go and guide and direct them in every way, God. We love you and we praise you. Amen. The offering will be at the back, and I just want to remind you again about pastor appreciation. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.